0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe.
1: Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Messy Mike. Let's talk barbecue.
0: What, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk uh, barbecue and Everything else you'd talk about around the pit. Uh, as everybody can probably see, um, there's no John.
2: I'm right the skinny Johnny Mags. <laughs>
0: uh, this is Dave. Um, Dave's uh, my neighbor. Um, he does help out with messy mics, um, he's also a realtor as well. Um, Johnny Mags is going to be out a couple of weeks due to the goddamn. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And he would yelled I, at me. I
2: just have to look at him, <laughs> he <laughs> would have yelled at me for you, that you owe
0: Johnny a beer <laughs> I do um the post office uh kinda is taken over um and he's just been inundated with packages and mail, so uh he's gonna be um doing his thing for the next couple weeks, but um he'll definitely be back for the christmas um eve episode, and you know uh from then on, so is that the big eggnog episode? Uh, it will be, yeah, yep. Yeah. That should be interesting. Should be interesting. Can't wait to see how that one goes uh, down. Huh? You know, I'm fucking nervous. <laughs> He's a chugger. <laughs> yeah. No, this is true. Yeah, and I haven't won in anything. I know? know. I I try and I, one I, of these I days I admire
1: your spirit.
0: Though, I just love doing <laughs> it, you know. I do, I do it for the show. I do it for the people. Um but I just I do need to win at some point. So I'm kind of hoping uh John will uh joke. Take it easy on? Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, just kind of take it easy on me, you know. So, but what's going on?
2: Yeah, you know, same old stuff. Yeah. yeah. So first... This is something new. Yeah, definitely something new. Yeah, new first experience.
0: podcast. Um, we have a great guest uh, on the show today. Um, he's out of Michigan. Uh, Steve Bubba Coddington. Um, I heard he's the first person, one of the first people that you ever met in barbecue. Yeah, he... um Basically, uh, in 2014, my wife sent me to Texas by myself. <laughs> so Nice. She didn't want to go? <laughs> she didn't want to go. Um, and it was with all these big barbecue guys um, yep. that actually knew barbecue, and at the time. I really didn't. <laughs> yep. Yep. I knew kind of what I wanted to do. And I went to Texas, and a um, guy basically tapped me on the shoulder, uh, him and this other fellow, John Sweeney, and um, kind of just said, you know, hey. What's your accent? You from Boston? Like, what's going on? You guys don't know barbecue. And uh it just basically kind of grew from there, you know, even though he's in Michigan. I mean, we still talk. Yeah. Um well it just
2: goes to show you the barbecue community is really, you know, that friendly that everybody is yeah. just willing to reach out and say hello. So that's oh, yeah. great.
0: And you know, if you have questions again, like, you know, they'll answer they'll answer them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully you know, once we once we acquire, um, you know, space, uh, I can kind of reach out to him and, yeah. you know, get some answers. Have but come uh, out and help. Yeah. Steve. What's up, guys? How are you, sir? How are we doing? I'm fantastic. How are we doing? Doing good. Right. Doing good. And this is your first uh, podcast.
3: Uh, it is. I, um, I Thanks for having me on, first of all. No um, problem. I apologize for taking so long. I know you've been bugging the hell out of me for about six months now. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do a turkey thing. You know, I, I, I you know, getting up this, getting this latest restaurant up and running's taking so much time. But uh, it's nice to be on finally. Nice. So yeah, I was um, basically telling you know Dave and and
0: telling everybody. Uh, you were the very first person that I met doing barbecue. Well, not doing barbecue, but once I got involved into barbecue. And uh, San Marcos,
3: Texas, March of 2013. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my first National Barbecue Association, uh, what did they call it back then? Uh, Barbecue Conference.
0: Yeah, it was, it was just the m b It wasn't the steak cook-off or anything, just the NBBQA? Yeah, no.
3: The conference, no. There was there was a cook-off. Uh, there was a competition still attached with it that year, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're one of the first guys you ran into at the check-in table looking for beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. hey, we're here. Where's the beer? And Let's start the meeting.
0: Oh yeah, and it's been—I mean, it's been fantastic ever since. I mean, you know, I just—I can't say enough good things about you, um, John, um, and just you know the people that I've met through you, and you know that you've introduced me to, and you know
3: what I've learned along the way. You yeah, well, like your like your neighbor said, uh, the barbecue community is. Uh, for the most part one big family and that's you know that's coast to coast, north and south, east west. Oh yeah. Uh, I know people all across the country. Um, uh, you know, guys like you that I have met in person, a lot of guys I've never even met with, but we're consider each other best friends, just uh, we're in the same, you know, same racket and we come across the same things and it's just it's just a the community, you know, hashtag barbecue family, that's what it's all about. No, oh, definitely. Definitely. Now um I know it was, you know, a long time
0: ago, but uh, when I, when you did go to that conference, um, you actually won the barbecue person of the year award. Now, you know, just getting into barbecue, um, and you being from Michigan, not even from, you know, one of the states that they would call barbecue, you know, the capital, um, how do you even become, uh, involved in that? How do you even become, you know, uh, picked to be, a, you know, to be even in the
3: running? um and it's been a while uh 2013 now started uh best friend john sweeney we had known each other for years like make a long story short we cooked together a few years back doing some uh uh, wild game dinners um when i was working at lockhart's out in royal oak michigan was a pit master there building up our brand Uh, we ran into each other again after a couple years of not seeing each other and um, he had a love for barbecue, and kind of took him under my shoulder. And already being friends, we became best friends. Mm-hmm. So, in the meantime, John went ahead and um, appointed uh, appointed me for um, barbecue person of the year. And it was, I think there was twelve guys that ended up getting the nomination, um, and they did a they did a vote. Yeah, I made the top. I made the twelve, uh, running against guys like you know Myron Mixon, and Tuffy Stone. Uh, Brad Orison was on there, and really those guys were all big time competition guys. I was, I did competitions, but I was just a small guy at the time. But mm-hmm. um, it was really, it was uh, um, a, a popularity contest, is what it came down to. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, uh, I had really good Facebook. Uh, back then, I was very—you uh, know—I had a good following back when Facebook was young, and we we ran with it and had a lot of fun with it. And next, thing you know, we won the damn thing. So, nice. uh, got a chance to go down to Texas and pick up the award in front of a lot of friends and people I looked up to. So it, it was one of the most amazing things that's happened in my life, especially hard. Part. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, even just being you know,
0: involved with those people. I mean, those yeah. are the people you see on TV, you know, you see in magazines, stuff like that. I mean, you know, like he said, you look up to those people. Yeah. And yeah. for him to take like accept the award in front of everybody, and it was an it was an That's awesome cool. award.
2: Yep. I
3: mean, it was a it was a chimney. Um you know, the
2: picture of it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It was awesome.
3: Yeah. And, yeah, we got it probably displayed here at the restaurant. It's uh very cool, a great a great conversation piece so how, how did your uh,
2: career change after that did you see you know did you see business skyrocket after that or how did it um, influence so, well, your business you
3: know, I, I was i guess i was kind of hoping it might um but really it didn't really change anything a little more popularity in facebook but still being a, a northern yankee pitmaster, um it was what it was it was a cool award pretty much moved on
0: with life after that nice and you've and you've had a bunch of uh ventures as well you've you started at um well i don't know if you started but when i met you you were at lockhart's barbecue in michigan royal oak michigan yeah Um, i was uh 13
3: um so i started in barbecue back in 2009 i had a roadside stand uh, down the street from where i lived mm -hmm. And the reason I got into that, I was a builder. I uh, built houses for twenty years, uh, framed them, finished them, complete start to finish. I uh, had a business. Oh seven oh eight, the economy in Michigan was so bad, I lost my job, lost the company. Uh, the only reason I stayed in Michigan, as it was, I had two, I had three girls, but my wife was a teacher, so she got us through the lean times. Mm-hmm. I was out of work for literally two years at the time. Barbecue was a hobby. Uh, I was doing a little bit of catering and and feeding family and stuff like that, but it was something I really loved and had a lot of passion for. So I decided to buy a 16 foot uh, car hauler. I had a window on the side of it already. It was actually used by a competition team, set it up through the, uh, Michigan Health Department, as a rolling kitchen, started selling barbecue on the side of the road in 2009. Uh, I was the first that's crazy. rolling food truck in Detroit, or even Michigan for the most part. Really? That's great. That's Holy a great shit.
0: show. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. So
0: to set it up as a mobile kitchen, I mean, so around here, to have a mobile kitchen, you need basically everything you have, you know, a 3 base sink, you need the hand wash sink, you need um, refrigeration, um, uh, you know, some some counties are... Um, areas require you to have a, a vegetable sink um, yep. or prep sink. Um,
3: yeah, so you had all that in that trailer. All that in that trailer. Um, back then, they didn't have rules for a mobile kitchen trailer, so I helped write a lot of that stuff. Uh, set you know set up a lot of guys in the future to get by a lot easier, but um, set up as an STFU, and we sold I, I sold barbecue on the side of the road for five months in the in the summer of '09. Oh, and then, oh. then what you do in the wintertime? Well, made a lot of friends. Um, didn't make a dime, but I did pay off the trailer. I paid off all my equipment. I was borrowing a Lang 84 from a good friend of mine. Um, got an opportunity with a place called Bad Brad's Barbecue that was just opening up in my town. Um, a couple great chefs, but had no, had, had no idea about barbecue. So they allowed me to come over, teach them about barbecue. I got to get, that's my first taste of restaurant barbecue. Um, worked for them for about six months, got them up and running, and then Lock, uh, Lockhart's presented itself to me. Mm-hmm. That was one of the bigger steps in my life. Going to a uh, brand-new restaurant, um, I helped, I got to do, the, I got to write the menu for the barbecue part of it. Um, all the recipes were mine, you know, and this is just, Three years, two years into it, I was still learning everything on my own. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Charlie Baker
3: wants to know how much was the trailer. How much was the trailer? I paid, I believe, fifty eight hundred for the trailer when I bought it. Wow,
0: it's a pretty awesome. good
2: investment, though. That's oh, yeah. your own business, and then yeah, you and awesome. then you
0: outfitted it yourself. You put
3: outfitted the kitchen. I myself, in. Sold it to a guy, believe it or not, in. I want to say your area, it was in Maine or it was Eastern Pennsylvania for $9,500. And he was going to take it all, take it home and do the exact same thing. Really? Uh, nice. Yeah. pretty cool. Wow. Wow. So what,
0: what, what differs from a restaurant barbecue compared to selling the roadside barbecue
3: in your eyes? Um, Man, to me, all the same. Um, I put a lot of pride in everything I cook whether it be on the roadside, restaurant, uh, cooking in my backyard, you know. Um, I love doing what I do, and you can see in the final product. Restaurant barbecue just got to the point of learning how to cook for the masses. Right. Yep. Right. And keeping it as fresh as, you know, tasting as possible. Exactly. You go from cooking a couple of briskets a day, a few pork butts, maybe eight racks of ribs on the side of the road, to cooking 32 briskets, 48 pork butts every single day, Uh, you know, 36 racks of ribs, 24 whole chickens every single day, keeping it fresh, serving it fresh. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Now, in Michigan, if you run out of stuff, I mean, you know, I know like Texas, it's huge that, you know, if you run out, they understand because, again, it's it's fresh and you can only do so much. Um, Would you say that's the same in Michigan or, you know, you need to keep, you know, you need to keep barbecue coming unless, unless you know, people would just get upset.
3: Oh, every place I've opened, I've talked about cooking fresh, serving fresh, running out when you run out. And every owner that I've worked for realized that there's so much money to be made by not running out. So, mm-hmm. um, no, it doesn't go over very well. Okay. Yep. Um, Lockhart's <laughs> barbecue um, was actually cooked a day ahead and then served um, still great. Great quality, the best you know, the best we could do at the time. Yep. Uh, when I opened Woodpile Bar and Cuban Claus in Colossum, Michigan, uh, we were serving fresh every day, which means we were cooking all night, every single night. We we started that pit up in 2013 in December. No, 13. I'm sorry, 15. So, yeah, 2015 in December. It never shut up 24 seven, three sixty five that's
2: crazy that's a lot of meat
3: that is insane that's a lot of meat and even there um we we, we would run out but not until we try to keep it till seven eight nine o'clock yeah so i mean hundreds of pounds of brisket a day it's just it's crazy
0: oh yeah and that's understandable you know yeah. if it's close to closing or you know night yeah. you can run out of some stuff well you know? it's
2: more of an incentive for people to get there early too <laughs> exactly yeah don't wait till the end of the night yep Show up early.
0: Steve, we're going to be right back. We're taking a commercial break, and I will be right back with you.
1: good. Attention, cigar smokers, or even friends of a cigar smoker. If you're looking to relax with a nice premium cigar or looking for a great gift for a cigar smoker, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Our friends at twoguyscigars.com have created the Cigar of the Month Club. For just $24.99 per month, you or your friend will receive four different premium handmade cigars every month, and shipping and handling is included. Go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com, and go to the Cigar of the Month Club. You can stop anytime because there's no contract, but you won't because this is a tremendous deal for our listeners. Go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two. Guys, cigars.com and click the Cigar of the Month Club. At the same time, if you want to learn about the cigars you receive each month, you can smoke along with them on their own podcast called The Cigar Authority. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a nice premium cigar from our friends at Two Guys Cigars.com.
0: And that porn music means we're back. <laughs> that
3: little porn music you're
0: playing there? Oh, yeah. Little little seventies, I think late seventies maybe. I think it's, it's vintage. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, hold on. So, uh, Thomas Guida, Gita?
3: Thomas Guida.
0: Stephen John Sweeney made Woodpile Barbershack what it is today. Um, and I would definitely say he's he's probably right.
3: <laughs> it is, yeah, it's true. I mean. We we built it with our own hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't build hundred percent, but we uh, literally gutted and built the inside, uh, did the walls, did the ceiling, um, installed most of the appliances, the fixtures, all the shelving, and got it up and running. So yeah, you could say we built it. Wow. Holy oh, yeah, you shit you did. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are going on their uh wood pile barbecues, going on their four four year anniversary Thursday. So nice. I was very proud of them guys. Yeah, I'm glad they're they're doing really well still. The guys I left, the guys I trained cooking. Chris um been cooking with me since he was 18 back at uh uh Wood Wood I'm sorry. Too many barbecue joints, Lockhart's. Mm-hmm. So he's I mean he's been cooking ten years now. He's been a pit master almost eight years. So a lot of uh a lot of good barbecue cooks in Michigan now that I've had the pleasure of Showing things and training and did a lot of classes over the years, and made a lot of friends and that helps with the social media too That's where we got all those votes to win that award. Mm-hmm. now
0: you still you still running the um that rib contest that you do
3: uh, I stopped doing it last year only because uh opening a new restaurant in town didn't have the space uh, so when we came here and opened up K blocks this past uh, August end of August. We are looking to put one on, but we got into the season. Uh, we were, we were open six weeks and you're we selling out every other, every day. And uh, the lions were out the doors with the busy season. So we just had no time to do it. I'm looking forward to getting back into it this next uh, spring. Yes.
0: Nice. Now you built K block. Did you build K block the kitchen and everything? Or did you design that and build
3: that uh, up? Yeah. We so K blocks was a whole nother deal. Um, got in with uh, my, my partner, Brian Knoll block. Um, knew him. He was my meat salesman from Cisco for years. Um, he comes to me this past spring, Bubba, I want to open a barbecue catering business. You know, I just shake my head and sure. Everybody wants to be a barbecue. (laughs) Um, Did a little mentoring with them. You know, he bounced stuff off me. I mean, he's been cooking as a professional cook for 20 years. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier changeover for them guys. Once they learn how to smoke, um, ended up having a very hugely successful catering business in just six months. Wow. So he calls me this past fall. I had just left another job thinking about it. I was actually going to if you can call it that, I was going to take a small retirement step back. Uh, been in the business for a while. Had a little burnout going. Um, but he offered me uh, a spot as a partner in a new place out here. We're in Romeo. We're attached to an apple orchard that Sees, you know, ten to 15,000 people a weekend. So um, we had this space that used to sell donuts and pies and literally converted it into a working kitchen in three days and opened for business on a Friday. Wow. 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 That's um, crazy that's, turnaround. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's pretty nuts.
3: Jesus. No, I had some equipment. We tore some equipment off the trailer, refrigeration, set up a couple sinks. Boom. We had a kitchen and like i said we started on tuesday we were selling food friday at noon wow that's amazing since. yeah wow um uh, going, going through right now putting in a brand new hood so we'll be a full-blown full-service kitchen within another month our right. menu will double expand and then we're hoping to have uh your license here in about three months so. oh nice what size hood <laughs> yeah. you putting in uh i got a we got 12 foot
0: okay that's not too bad uh-oh. They're freaking expensive.
3: <laughs> yeah, they are. Um you know, we have a deep fryer and a flat top griddle for tacos and fries and stuff like that and it's all about the barbecue, man. Yeah, we're gonna
0: we're gonna talk about tacos in a minute. Um someone on the chat, um, so how did you plan the day's meats with low with no loss um even with the non sellers?
3: Um, so no loss is impossible. You're going to have uh some loss. hmm Uh the trick behind being a good pit master slash chef slash kitchen person is you'd be able to use those leftovers Correct. Uh, we have leftover ribs we usually put into beans yep. or stews uh, i might do a special taco or something like that uh, brisket carries over very nicely pork but holds uh very well also mm-hmm. sausage chicken stuff like that we cook fresh every single day so How do we know what we're going to use? It's a lot of it is uh, experience. A lot of it is guessing. Um, When we were at Woodpile, I uh, after six months we knew what we needed. Uh, After a year, you could look back and see what you did and what your sales were. And uh, a lot of it's a guessing game. But you do it enough over the years, it it becomes. uh, You you get really good at guessing.
2: Yep. Now, do you actually write down and keep track of? how much of each product you're selling each day? Or I've,
3: been, I've had a cook log since I was at Lockhart's 10 years ago. So yep. um, I don't use it personally right now, but Sorry. there's a log at um, Woodpile that they've used uh, for four years. They can look back four years to a day and see what, we use, what they use on that day. So, yeah, I've always kept a good uh, cooking log, and that's helped me learn what we're going to use for a day's purpose.
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah, because you. I mean, like he said, um, you know, once you're once you've been open. I mean, one if you if you just open up, then obviously you're going to make more than you're going to sell, just because you don't want to run out. Um, But once you get, you know, again, you've been open for months, years. um, You know your par levels. You'll know those. um, Get into
2: the groove of it. Know what you need for the weekends, and you know more more during the summer up here, at least uh, more during the summer
0: than you would during the winter.
3: But um, then you learn how to go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, really, one of the most important things about being a pitmaster these days is learning how to hold your barbecue. Um, holding is probably as important, if not more important, than the actual cooking process. 100%. You that... can make great brisket, but it's, it, it only holds. If you don't know how to hold it and it's dried out and crap in five hours, well, you're wasting your time. You know?
0: Yep, and everything nowadays is, you know cooking stuff and showing it, you know, and it's, you know, <laughs> squeezing it. Exactly. But like, yeah, yeah the most important Don't thing is damn brisket.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. But the, I mean, the, the most important thing is like, you know, again, making that brisket taste as fresh as possible at, you know, your the briskets coming off at say like eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, you need to make that taste fresh three, three thirty in the afternoon. Right. All day long, you yeah. know? Um, and that's, that's huge. Yeah. Now I was talking about logs on one of the um, previous shows why, why did you start a log, and, and what has the log done to help you? Um,
3: so I actually watched your, your show on the logs. Um, when, I was, uh, when I first started, I probably did keep some logs. Um, my logs have turned into more like recipes. Uh, I kept logs on um, cooking styles and what kind of woods I use and times and temperatures and stuff like that. Uh, after a few years, when I started doing it professionally, I didn't really have to keep a log for stuff like that. Mm. Um, but what I did keep was a, uh, we kept a log every day and every night it was filled out as how much meat was cooked, how much meat was served, how much meat was left over, uh what, you know, what was gone to waste, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now being
0: um, with the new K blocks and being in the apple orchard, Are you taking advantage of any of that
3: apple wood or I have cooked with apple wood in 10 years. I swore it off. Um, to me, apple wood smells wonderful, but does nothing for barbecue. Okay. Here I am working in an apple orchard with more apple wood than I can shake (laughs) a stick. at. So yeah, we're using a lot of apple wood. Um, I've learned to adjust how much I use so I do get uh, a better flavor and an apple is a wonderful smelling uh, tree It just doesn't leave a. you know it's better for uh, fish uh, pork rib sauce and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, when we do our big meat still it's all about the hickory uh, we use locally sourced hickory can't beat it and then we do use a little bit of uh, wild cherry I call it wild, a black cherry around here but that's uh, really nice in
0: some of the also.
3: Okay, nice. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of apple, apple wood. Uh, we're using apple in our slaw. We're using apple in our, you know, wherever we can. It's an apple orchard. We're going to take advantage of that. Good. And
2: so Bubba, what would you say is the one thing that you're most known for? Uh,
3: you're hearing that it's um, the biscuit, brisket, maybe. My brisket. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. North of Texas. Um, it's something, so I went to Texas Oh, 15 years ago on a whitetail hunt, hunted seven days, didn't get a whitetail. The last day we were down there, this farmer we were staying at was cooking a brisket over mesquite. Um, Walked out that morning, my coffee smell was going on. Put my gun down, got undressed. We sat there all day and drank beer and talked about barbecue. When I left, when I left Texas, sounds I like a great day. <laughs> I sold that gun. Didn't get a damn deer with it. it. wasn't You know, it wasn't. It was my own fault, but. Sold the gun, bought a little Brinkman electric smoker, and started cooking brisket. Until I had it mastered on that on that Brinkman, and then everything I've done since then, it's always been about the brisket. That's my pride and joy. I'm very um, proud of the product that I cook. It's I think it's some of the best product around the country.
0: Well, I've seen. I mean, I've seen your your videos, pictures of. You know, whether it's an um, old hickory rotisserie or, you know, a rotisserie smoker, or if it's like the CTO, I mean, yeah. it's still, the quality still is point,
3: is on point. Yeah. I've gone from that little electric smoker to, uh, you know, a Weber to uh, uh, use different competition smokers up and down. I was very fortunate at Lockhart's to have a, a Euler 700. That was my first uh, Chance to use an all wood fired. I mean, I grew up on a Lang. I grew up, I taught myself using a Lang, so it was always up all night burning fires. Yep. Um, the oiler gave me the opportunity to transfer that same flavor but give me more sleep. Um, I went to the CTO. I went to the uh, O'Hickory a few years back uh, just for ease and. Um, consistency we would get the same exact product every single day no matter who was running it as long as they were doing you know a couple certain things Mm -hmm. and now I'm lucky enough I have a two uh, old hickories and an oiler in the backyard that I can use so and I have a Lang 84 coming don't tell my wife (laughs) for my collection so
0: I I just bought a 60 inch uh, trailer Lang and yeah my wife was like why do you need another one you know what? <laughs> because <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, because uh, I got to cook more meat, honey. I yeah. love I love doing brisket on an all wood fire. There's no oh yeah, no I comparison. Cook, I cook amazing brisket on a uh, old hickory, honestly, but there's no comparison to a all wood fire. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you are you a wrapper with a uh, foil? You a wrapper with butcher paper? Do you not wrap?
3: With- uh, I stopped using foil about honestly about six years ago. Um, I do wrap with butcher paper. There's no uh, I can't. Exp- I just. There's no comparison mm-hmm. from what I think foil destroys brisket. Uh, paper does just the opposite. It's yep. made me a better cook. It it holds a better product. It holds longer. Um, yeah, I'm pro peach paper for sure.
0: Nice. All right. And and how did you so? Um, very recently, you know, you've been doing a ton with tacos. What yeah. what is that? Is that just because it's becoming you know popular or you know. Are you? Are you a, do you love doing tacos more than you know? Just putting I'd it in a like roll?
3: I like to think I like to think I'm part of the reason it's becoming popular. Um, you know, I go back and look at my posts at Lockhart's. ten years ago. I was doing fish tacos and brisket tacos and all kinds of different things before I had this infinite love for tacos. Now I just it's the perfect food. Um, I don't know. Over the years, I cooked so much barbecue um, and got very comfortable with it. Um, I started looking in different avenues of different things to cook, and tacos is like my next love of things to cook. I have my own style and different ways of doing things too. But uh, definitely, we have we have made our mark and put tacos on the map here in Michigan. Uh, everybody's doing them. All the bars have them. Everybody, every restaurant's got a Taco Tuesday now. All the barbecue joints are following suit and they're doing yep. tacos. Mm-hmm. Look what I started.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. What I started.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so, and
0: Taco <laughs> Mafia, baby. There you go. Yeah. hashtag Best brisket north of te- Texas and a uh, hashtag Taco Mafia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you um, what do you got coming up? Do you have anything coming up? I mean, do you have any plans for K Block? Um, you know, um,
3: K Blocks. Uh, we're at, we're we're just in a um, really a building phase right now. We went through that uh, really busy fall. Uh, September, October was great. November was pretty quiet. December's picking back up. We're doing, uh, we're trying to do the new traditional, uh, for Christmas, uh, briskets and prime ribs instead of turkeys and ham. so uh, we're pushing those. We're doing a uh, red envelope contest right now. Everybody comes in the restaurant, gets a red envelope. We so got like 500 envelopes. Every envelope is a winner. It might be a discount. It might be a, a gift certificate. Uh, one Somebody's going to get a 55-inch color TV, flat screen, so... I'm nice. um, going to bring in some business like that. Doing a lot of marketing things, just uh, trying to build up and get a brand going, so that when we get our beer in March, April, we're ready for it. Yep.
2: So, if people want to find you, where's the uh, where's the best fo- spot for you on social media?
3: Uh, so, we got a brand new website: www.kblocksfirepitbarbecue.com dot Com. Um, that's up and running. Uh, it's got a lot of information on there. Brian and myself, we're going to start doing some blog posts. I want to do some recipes. We've been pushing more and more live videos, you know, cutting brisket and wrapping techniques and things like that. So we want to continue that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I post a lot on Instagram and Facebook for both myself and Cape uh, Block. So good place to find us there. But otherwise, we're, uh, we're kind of out in the middle of the country. We're uh, um, west of Romeo, Michigan. It's all apple orchards and farms around here, so... Not the greatest location, probably, to try to open a restaurant in the middle of winter, but uh, we're pulling them in. Make, okay. uh, I always said, if you make the food, they'll come. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and
0: before we go, someone um, also wants to know, so did you find, um, and I'm just going to read this how he wrote it, uh, did you find low wages would affect the quality of food?
3: Um. I have seen that happen. I have tried not to let that happen. I'm one of those guys who just, if I can't find someone that do the job as good as me, I'll just do it myself. Correct, yep. Thus the 14 hour day, seven days a week, it's been going like this. That's why I was actually looking to get out of the business uh, a few months ago when this opportunity came, but I didn't want to let this go. So we're gonna gonna give it a shot. And um, this is my fifth, my fourth barbecue restaurant that I've opened in um, on 10 years, and the other three are very successful, so we're hoping this one follows. Nice. That's yeah.
0: have no. This one's mine. Need to make a road trip. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. You guys come up with a real carrier.
2: Oh, fantastic. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Steve, thank you very much for being on the show today. It was awesome. It was a pleasure. Um, you know, love talking barbecue with you, and definitely good luck, you know, with, with the new venture. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch.
3: Honor being on here.
0: Uh, hopefully, you ruin your ratings, guys. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Thanks. And uh, so that is going to do it for today's the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Um, be sure to check us on YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, Himalaya, uh, iTunes, all the podcast uh, networks. You know, just just check us out. We keep growing, and it's again, it's thanks to everybody. Um, we're going to have some more guests we already have booked um, after the new year, which is going to be very exciting. Um, and we're going to, you know, we have a couple of new things that we're going to be doing. And, uh, you know, everybody, John, will be back um, for the Christmas Eve special. And uh, hopefully everybody's looking forward to that.
2: Fantastic. Thanks
0: so um, until then, keep the smoke rolling. Talk to you later.